broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 47 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I don't have my normal uh, crew with me with me here today, but I've got some uh, special guests uh, that are joining me on the show. So excited to welcome uh, Chad from uh, the uh, My DVC Points podcast. Chad's been here a couple times, uh, you know, and he's I, I don't want I mean, I don't want to say frequent qu- contributor to the show, but you've been around for a long time with us. So. Yeah, I, I my comments make it on the show some and occasionally sure. I do as well. So I'm glad to be here tonight. Tom. <laughs> Thank you. And he's had me on his show. So check out his his show, too. And there'll be plenty of time for you to to uh, plug your podcast. Of course, uh, uh, he does a really great interview show, uh, a little bit different than ours, but it's it's DVC oriented and uh, really centered around DVC member stories and, you know, what why they do, you know, why they're DVC members and what they love about disney that kind of stuff hopefully i did that justice chad but you can do do it justice later too so yeah so we also uh on tonight's show we also have uh my wife uh karen who is joining us for the first time uh you know we we have right now we have uh trevor's in disney world and then we also have damon who is moving so we uh we called in uh, uh the backup here which my wife but you know she's not the backup she's number one of course for me <laughs> thanks I, I appreciate that hey everyone <laughs> hey, i'm just excited to get to hang out with both of them tonight so yeah, I, isn't that cool <laughs> hopefully it's, i it live is, up to everything of course uh it's funny to talk to my wife uh, you know, on the computer when she's in a different room. Uh, but that's, you know, that's kind of funny. But anyway, I'm excited to have her on today. Uh, you know, they, I think this is a well-known thing to, to those of you that have listened to the show for a long time. But uh, part of the reason this podcast started was because Karen was tired of hearing me talk about Disney stuff all the time. Uh, she got tired of just little news items and all the little things that I I would talk to her about with Disney. She would just start ignoring me. So I decided that my outlet, I would, I would create a podcast where I would talk about these things. So she didn't have to hear me talk about it. And Karen, on behalf of the listeners, we thank you. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm so glad. And I have to say it definitely has gotten a little bit better, but let me just say Tom still loves the uh, little tidbits of information here or there. So um, I'm very excited to be on tonight. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to have you on. She she gets tired of my fun facts. I just, there's too many fun facts that I give her all the time. I'm a big fun facts person. (laughs) All right. So anyway, uh, you know, we had a great show last week. Uh, thank you all, everyone who listened last week and gave us some uh, really great feedback online. We loved hearing from everybody on Facebook. Really, really great episode about the uh, with uh, DVC resale market. It was great to have them on. Uh, so much good information. And uh, we really... Uh, you know, we heard from them that you guys came out in force. Uh, you know, they did a ton of contracts over the past couple of weeks before the deadline here. And uh, man, you, they kept telling me that they were hearing from you guys like crazy. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. That yeah, was like so does, 400, 400 deals they put through something along those four, lines. 400 contracts in two weeks. That's nuts. <laughs> so I'll be and, honest. I even reached out. I was real tempted to add on at Beach Club. Just, oh, just yeah. really tempted, but then I talked myself out of it. <laughs> well, especially since, and we're going to talk about this in a few, there's such a huge direct point increase happening at Beach Club. So Yeesh. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a few, but but yeah, I mean, you guys, Derek kept reaching out to me and saying he just they were getting crushed with requests, requests from our show. So 
I couldn't be more grateful for that. And I know they are too. They're good people over there and uh, they, they will take care of you. So uh, Derek appreciates it. Nick appreciates it. Uh, Marissa appreciates it. Everybody over there does. So thanks for doing that. So we're going to start off here first. We've talked about Reunion Station on the show a bunch of times. Um, and those that don't know what Reunion Station is, when they built Copper Creek, they built this beautiful, like, I don't know, what would you call it? Like hall, uh, you know, little like a little area right out by the water that um, they decided to use as a premium type of space. It's almost like a, would you call it a club level, I'd say? Yeah, it is. Of. It's a little tiny club room, so to speak, almost like a community hall that yeah. you would see at Bay Lake or over at Boardwalk or Old Key West. They all have community halls. Exactly. And, and so what happened here, they were doing for a while, they were doing like this premium thing where it was $50 per adult, $33 per child. And they had like, you know, food and drinks. And, and Karen and I actually on our honeymoon, we stayed club level at Animal Kingdom. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, you yeah, know, that right? was pretty incredible. I have yeah, to that's, say, we that's, definitely got spoiled there. Well, I think that's when we decided to buy DVC, wasn't it? When we, yeah. after we got pampered there, we were like, well, now we can't go back to an all-star resort after this. Yeah, there was no way. <laughs> No, because <laughs> we're no going just, back. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, we used to just stay at the All Star Resorts all the time because you're never in the room anyway. And then our honeymoon, we stay at Animal Kingdom Club level, and it's like, woof. Like I'm not even joking. When we walked up, there was maybe what ten people with. I don't know if they were training people, but there were like ten people with uh with the iPads that greeted us at the car and yeah. like escorted us in and gave us drinks and. It was actually a little bit intimidating at first because I really wasn't expecting a horde of people to welcome me <laughs> did they have red carpet too tom i mean i wish they did it but they did have was that they did have alcoholic uh whatever that what's that juice thing is it it's not jungle juice it's like oh my gosh it, or, it was delicious whatever it was i think they do call it jungle juice there I someone's gonna kill too. me for this because <laughs> they they do have a non-alcoholic version but they immediately gave us an alcoholic version of it so and i immediately said yep i'm home <laughs> works that works and now we finally own there but that's an aside that's a huge aside um but so they were doing like this club level thing there and at first it was you had to do it for every member in your party uh and you had to do it for the entire length of your stay and it's 50 dollars per adult per night which is a lot of money that right? adds up that yeah. adds up and i mean you know listen i don't know what the premium is on a club level room usually but I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's fifty dollars per adult. So that seems um, a little steep to me. It does, right? Well, we stayed at, at Copper Creek. I own there. Okay, we stayed at a two bedroom. My parents came down, so there were seven of us. And you start looking at that. You do the math on that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh my gosh. No, n- not not for a four night stay. Yeah, I, I mean, you're talking for. And don't get me wrong. I've I've read lots of reviews. It seemed like the food and the drink and all that was very nice, but I don't know if it's $50 nice. (laughs) Especially since, you know, there are so many other places that you can be able to go to that, you know, why spend that extra money just to be at your resort? You know, I'd actually kind of want to go other places and spend that money and, you know, check out other restaurants and whatnot. That's a good point. I'd rather spend that money at Top of the World. Exactly. Right or right there at Artist Point, back when we yeah. had the full blown oh Artist Point before it went to to the uh, Cinder to the dining. That place yeah. was phenomenal. We went there on our honeymoon too. Oh, yeah, Wilderness yeah. Lodge is actually probably our favorite resort of all the resorts at Disney. But we didn't want to buy Copper Creek direct, and we didn't. Boulder Ridge is a little bit uh, long in the tooth at this point, so that's why we ended up with Animal Kingdom. But if there's a dream resort we could own at, it's probably uh, Wilderness Lodge. So anyway. 
So all this talk about this, you know, just for everybody's information about this, those that don't know. Um, so it turns out that this is actually going to close. And and this is, I I don't know about you, Chad or Karen, kind of saw this coming. Felt like it was not a well-attended offering. Uh, probably was more trouble than it was worth for Disney to do. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of sad to see this area kind of close. I know they're still going to use it for special events and things like that, but I wish they would do something like they used to do, like the Welcome Home Wednesdays. You know, I feel like that would be awesome. But I, I don't know. What would you guys want to see with this space? Because I don't, I don't know what, what to do now. <laughs> well, general consensus, and, and I'm an admin over at a Copper Creek group. Um, and so we have 2,100 members there, and we had a big discussion about this. And general consensus was, we want a community hall. Bay Lake has one, Boardwalk yep. has one, Old Key West has one, Animal Kingdom has one. Why not us? Okay, now we have two DVC resorts co-located there. We deserve a DVC community hall. Please give us one with that space. Now, Chad, what exactly is like the community hall? Is that kind of similar, Tom, to what we saw when we went to Hilton Head? Uh, you mean like with like the pool table and like, yeah, like just the chairs and everything and, and things that could happen? Is that kind of what it's like, Chad? At the other yeah, places? it's they do like Mickey tie dye T-shirts. There's all kinds of minimal cost arts and crafts that go on there. And it's where the DVD rental is. If you want to rent or borrow a DVD, we don't have to rent them. Yeah. Our dues cover them. We get them for free. But there's all kinds of kid activities there. And it's like a a base for members to just come in and hang out at. And there's board games in there and video games for the kids. That sounds amazing. I mean, especially now having, you know, a young child that, you know, will eventually be able to access that kind of stuff. I, I definitely think that that would be huge over there because look how many families stay over there because, you know, the, the proximity to Magic Kingdom and whatnot. And as Tom said, obviously, that's one of our favorite resorts, but that totally makes sense to have that community hall there. Oh, it, the kids love it because they get to hang out with a bunch of other DVC kids. So what's not to love? And, Start their own little club. Yeah, and not only that, but it's very economically priced. I mean, you're talking maybe eight or ten bucks for a kid's activity there. And at Disney, anything for eight or ten bucks is a deal. No, that's that's for sure. I mean, I'm disappointed that this is closing. I, I was also thinking to myself, what if you did it, did the same thing, but didn't do it as like a $50 per person per night thing? What if you had a set of club level rooms that were just more points? And the points could pay for it. Does that make sense? Like, just have a, have a, like a set of rooms that's a little bit higher and cost. Like, like they do at Animal Kingdom, they have some club level rooms there that are just higher point values. Why don't you do something like that and do the same thing? Yeah, hopefully Riviera has some interesting options in there for that. I know a lot of people are are hoping we don't, we don't know what the room mix is going to be there, but a lot of people are hoping that it's got both high end and low end, the value yeah. rooms and the club level because. If you don't own Animal Kingdom, it is next to impossible to get either a club level or a value room. It's because there's and, almost there's so few rooms in that category at Animal Kingdom. There's very few. Yeah, and the story behind that is is when they came back in and put DVC into Jumbo House, that those top two floors and the top floor was already the Kilimanjaro Club. So when they brought the DVC into that top floor, they kind of almost had to bring it into that. And so that's the story behind how we got from what I'm told, how we got the club level rooms there. It's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be a good idea to do that here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I Even if you limit it, I, I think it could still be great. But I, I don't disagree with, with the idea of, you know, making it a community hall. It kind of seems like that's what they're doing a little bit. They're still going to have some events and things like that there. Um, but I don't know what the price points on those things are. Um, but for those that are wanting to do it, it is closing uh, in, a, in a few weeks here uh, after this uh, podcast comes out. So it, uh, on February 3rd is when it's been announced that it's closing. So if that's something you want to do, do that as soon as you can. You don't want to you don't want to miss that. So, yeah, you better you better jump on that one. I mean, I'm going to be there <laughs> February 1st to the 3rd again. But, man, I've got seven people in my room again. It's, yeah, it's way too much money. <laughs> I, I would, if it was just me, I'd pay them the 50 bucks yeah. and go in there and try it just to say that I did it. But hopefully the other events that they do, like the painting with a view at top of the world, they're supposed to have a cake decorating in there, a photography class. Those events are all a ton of fun and they're not, they're not priced too bad. It's like $35 or something for a couple hour class. And it usually includes some kind of drinks and snacks and that kind of deal. And if you get to take the cake home afterwards, that's even better. Yeah, that would that would be cool. I, I like I said too, I would love to see them bring home like a welcome home Wednesday type event like they used to have. Well, from what I understand, the budget for all of that, because that was all marketing budget from yeah. DVD, mm-hmm. Disney Vacation Club Development, the people who sell create and sell the timeshares. And that was all out of their marketing budget, and they've shifted all of that over to the Moonlight Magic events. Yeah. I've also heard the lounge too was part of that too. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Anything else else you guys want to say about this before we move on to the next thing? No, I think the basic members voted with their wallets and said, Hey, we don't like this. We We don't don't care for it. (laughs) It, We're not paying for it. And DVC is just reacting to that because at, at that point in time, they did have it opened up to just people staying at wilderness lodge. And then the sales weren't so great. So they said, Hey, anybody on DVC points, you all can pay this fee and come here too. Well, who's going to, you know, <laughs> trek over to that lodge to, to use it? It's kind of how Top of the World was at one point, right? Where it was just Bay Lake members. Uh, and then then they were like, okay, well, there's not enough people from Bay Lake coming up here. So let's open it up to everybody else. And it's still not, I mean, it's still not even that full every time you go up there unless it's right at the fireworks. But, you know, it can get up there sometimes. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife was there last night for fireworks and she said it was pretty packed at fireworks time. Okay. Yeah, when we were there for fireworks, it definitely got pretty busy, but we had also gone up there just for drinks at that one point, and it was actually kind of nice not having it too crowded, though. Yeah, we went at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, or whenever it opens, it was like, it was early, and uh, there was nobody there but us. <laughs> we were the only people in there, so just having a couple drinks, so... I'm glad that that's good for 2019. I didn't put that on the show sheet today, but because I know a lot of people were freaking out that Top of the World was going to be gone for 2019 simply because Disney hadn't updated their website yet. Um, <laughs> but it seems now that we're good and that it, it will be there. So, Yay. I love yeah, Top of the I'm World. I'm excited about that. I, I like Top of the World. I mean, as a Bay Lake owner, I mean, I feel like I'd always have access to it anyway. But Yeah, we need to go check it out again. That was really fun last time we went. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit here about the point increase. Now, this isn't like anything announced by Disney. So I don't want to say take it with a grain of salt because it is being reported by pretty reliable sources, wouldn't you say? But, um, you know, basically there has been an increase in the direct uh, purchase price for, you know, so if you're buying right from Disney, um, the, the actual cost for those per point has gone, you know, 
pretty high for some of these resorts. And we alluded to it a little bit earlier. But so now if you're buying directly from Disney, uh, I think the highest ones here are Beach Club, which is interesting to me because Beach Club doesn't have that many years left on it. And that one jumped from 185 to 225 per point. Yeah, why did Holy it go up cow. so much? Especially certain ones. Like, I can maybe understand, you know, like a Bay Lake that went up quite a bit, or even Grand Floridian, but why, why did it's Beach Club It's all supply so and demand, okay. okay? So, Beach Club and Grand Cal are two resorts that would not be impacted whatsoever if you were to come in here and say that's the only resort that you can use these points at. Because you buy Beach Club just for the 11-month window. The same reason for Grand Cal. You buy it just so that you can get the 11-month window. That totally makes sense. And the demand is there. They're also trying to take these super popular resorts and overprice them and price them above the current marketing, the resort that they just built, so that it makes the resort that they look just built look that much more enticing. That's definitely true. I mean, so to your point, Copper Creek only went up 6 to 188. Uh, whereas Bay Lake went up 34 from 191 to 225 as well. So Bay Lake went up quite a bit too. Yeah. And when you look at this chart, it's all the monorail resorts. Yep. Grand Flow, Bay Lake, Polly, and then Beach Club, which is essentially, you don't need a monorail because you just walk right in there. It's, we should just come up with a new name for that. Uh, we can call it a, we can call it a gondola resort almost. <laughs> no, 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 it's there. No, it's the no, general no, area. No. We don't we're not gonna degrade Beach Club like that. So what? No, degrade. no, 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 no. Right. I mean no. you're gonna have value resorts on the gondola, okay? That's a fair point. That's fair. But you're also gonna have several D V C resorts right there too. So Yeah, I Beach mean, Club Boardwalk will be that's that's actually at the International Gateway. Okay, do you want to call them International Gateway Gateway Resorts instead? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm better with that, right? Okay, that's cool. I, I don't know, man. I've talked to several beach club owners, and we're all kind of concerned that you know what's going on, what, with, what's hap- what's happening to our nice quiet resort, and and what's going on back here. Why? Just because of the gondolas? Yes. I I oh. mean, you're looking at it going, what's this going to do to our neighborhood? Remember, in order for us to go up the slide at our pool, we have to cross that walkway. So what's all that traffic going to be doing there? They already have to police the pool and, and, you know, make you wear a colored band to get in that day. There's concerns there for beach club people. Are you serious? You actually have to wear a band to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're staying there? Wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah, that pool is so awesome. Everybody wants to pool hop to it. And it's a crowded pool because... It is an awesome pool. (laughs) When you're staying at beach club, part of the reason... There's two reasons why you stay at, at beach club. Number one is location to Epcot, and number two is the pool. And, yeah. And so if you let everybody come into the pool, you kind of have a problem because well, there's enough residents at Beach and Yacht Club that that pool can get really packed at times. I mean, I don't feel like it's having the gondola at the International Gateway, though, is really going to up the traffic over there that much because I feel like it's going to be like it's going to be like a constant. It's not like a monorail when, like, you know, hundreds of people get off at once. It's going to be more like eight people and then another eight people and I'm sorry, like another like five people, three people, you know, it's, it's going to be short little bursts that come in every like 30 seconds that I feel like, well, it'll break it up a little bit. You know what I mean? But that's, but that's every eight seconds or every 30 seconds. That's eight people that weren't there before. That's yeah, no, I understand that. It kind of ruins the exclusivity of the international gateway is what you're saying. 
yeah, that's that's it in a, in a nutshell. And people, we just don't know how it's going to impact, right? What what what's the difference going to be? Because one of the things you have to love about Beach Club is it is right there within 20, 30 yards. You're right there on the main strip at Crescent Lake. But once you get off of that and you go back to that Beach Club building, it's it's re- remote, it's secluded, it's quiet. It's just like this nice little isolated resort, but then, you know, a couple minutes walk and boom, you're right there in the middle of the action. I think that's what we like about Wilderness Lodge is that it's so quiet back there. Like you barely even see the fireworks from there. You know, it's it's just a quiet little area that where you don't really have the hustle and bustle of Disney. You know, when you're walking back at night, you hear the, the owl sounds, you know, piped in there. Um, we literally, the one trip we were trying to decide if they were real owls, but we felt like uh, it was a little too frequent, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, though, I, I have to say, you know, when we stayed at Boardwalk, I really did like the, the quietness, especially when you got closer back. I definitely understand what you're saying, you know, Chad, with that part. But I'm wondering now if Boardwalk will get a little bit more activity because the few times that we have stayed there or even just ventured down there, even during the day, I feel like it hasn't been all that crowded in the sense of you know the restaurants and we loved that one bar um what was it the abracadabra bar but i'm wondering if you know that'll actually help pick it up a little bit more there and get some more you know activity um for the people that might enjoy that but i could definitely see how people would be kind of irritated by that too just because of the fact of it getting more crowded and they like that exclusivity yeah well over at boardwalk you've you've got the the boardwalk view itself and at night you hear people complain that there's so much loud. hustle and bustle and activity there on the boardwalk with all of that nightlife yep. that they actually do room requests to be off of that. That's so true. yeah, at least at beach club, the, the DVC beach club building is set back behind the beach club Inn, so we at least have them as a buffer there. And, and I think that's a good thing for us. Yeah. I mean, I will be interested to see how that affects the traffic flow of everything. Um, I guess we'll find out, but I, I feel like we've gone way off the ropes on this, but that's okay. Uh, that's what we do on the show. So, um, I, I just, what's yeah, it's exactly right. It's squirrel. Yeah. Always for us. Um, one of the things I find interesting about this, and, and this is from DVC resale market, they were saying that last month that the buybacks were like, were like 27% as I believe what they wrote, which is very high for buybacks. Uh, in fact, you know, I think it was usually under 10% for buybacks, but correct me if I'm wrong there, Chad, I know you usually look at that type of stuff, but, um, so DVC was buying back tons of contracts, uh, so that they could resell them at these higher prices. Oh, absolutely. I did a post that said, Hey, somebody take away Minnie's credit card. She's going on a buying spree here. (laughs) I know it it was insane what they bought back. Because I was talking with Nick about one of the Beach Club contracts because I honestly wanted to add on more. I just couldn't bring myself to pay that much for a contract that was ending that soon. And it was listed at like 127. And we're having this conversation. He goes, Chad, I don't even know if that's going to make it through right of first refusal if you did a a full rate offer on it. So we'll have to see what happened with that contract. You know, we'll we'll know because he'll post he'll post the results if it went through or not. Oh yeah, so you'll yeah you'll you'll know or not if it went through. I was a little worried with Animal Kingdom when we bought. Now that we bought before the announcement happened, obviously, so we were in a little bit better shape. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with Trevor's contract because Trevor bought a contract at Poly. Now I looked at the historic. I said to Trevor, I was like, 
I would relax because Polly seems to be one that they almost never buy back. But who knows with these price increases? I, I don't know. Why is that yeah. that they don't buy it back? Well, it's just that there's so much Polly for sale right now. Yeah. What happens is there's a life cycle on a new resort that all of these people buy into buy into it. And then within five years, a bunch of them go, hey, this wasn't maybe a good fit for us. And they start selling. And Polly's now at that first stage of, of five years buyers. And so there's a bunch of listings out there for Polly. So they really have their choice of the market. And the other thing is buyers are selling them for about what they owe on them. So they can't really go below that. So they're all priced about the same right there at about the one fifties. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're looking at, if you're looking at resale one fifty compared to the new direct price, which is two thirty five, quite, quite the, quite the difference there. It's quite a lot of money. Yeah. It's quite the value. It's, oh, it's yeah, really sure. quite the value. And that's the whole point that Disney and, and they're trying to raise the price of these contracts to a make them more profitable for them but yep. b to help them sell their other contracts and they're looking at this going well the resale market has got 30 points less per point 30 dollars less per point on resale at a monorail resort than we have in our active property and oh yeah by the way here in a year from now we're going to be selling a property that's you know at a value resort and we're going to be competing with this so they had to come in, come back in and try to raise the prices or, or do something to make their properties look a little bit more valuable. Yeah, no, it it, it makes sense. It's it, Polly's a, a an expensive resort in the first place, but it's, I mean, that's not surprising. It's an expensive resort if you pay cash there. I mean, it's it's one of the most expensive resorts that they have. So I I mean I think. Karen and I did two nights there one time. We did a split stay. Uh, we stayed at Boardwalk and we stayed at Polly. And listen, Polly was great. We loved our two nights there, but I believe it was 50 points for two nights in a studio. It's not cheap. Yeah, it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those were honestly the best two nights because that view and those rooms are huge. I think it had two bathrooms within a studio. I mean, it was it pretty does, crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, that is quite pricey for two nights stay. It was nice yeah. to like roll out of the hotel room and and have like ten steps to the bus stop, but <laughs> so, but anyway, sorry, Chad. Yeah, Polly's got some really great features to it. The size, the the fact that you're on two monorails. Okay, you don't have to switch monorails. You can just walk straight to TTC yep. and take the monorail to Epcot. So you're essentially the only resort that has double access to both monorails. So there's a lot going for Polly. Now you just have to like it and be willing to pay that that premium for points and it is quite a premium so i mean this doesn't you know this this definitely affects people that are are buying still uh you know the two resorts that are still on sale uh which are copper creek and alani did not go for i mean they they were pretty small increases with six dollars for both of those so not a big increase for those two um the other two big increases and big is you know not huge but 25 per point for grand californian and 25 per, per point for grand floridian as well so grand floridian's up to 245 and uh grand californian is up to 260 so which is not surprising those that you you that know grand californian is one that they don't have a ton of dvc rooms the contracts are in pretty high demand so those go for a lot more so anyway Anything else you guys want to say about that before we uh, move on to the next thing? No, I had somebody ask me as well, and I, and I actually did a little analysis on it. And right now, that old Key West resort, if you buy that from Disney, you're getting the 15-year extension on those points. 
And at 156, that seems to be like it's one of the better values that's it's out there. It's a pretty there. good deal. Yeah. That is a good deal. Yeah. If you if you buy one of the extended contracts, you got to make sure that's what you're buying, right? Well, that's all Disney sells. Yeah, right? that's all Disney sells. You could ju- you just got to be careful if you're buying resale to make sure if you're going to buy resale that, you know, you get one of those extended contracts. So, although I don't see them that often, I feel like they almost they don't have those out there that often. Yeah, it but. seems like if people bought them, they're, if they extended them, they're keeping them. And, and I've interviewed a couple of Old Key West members, and nobody extended. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because that's one of the questions I ask them is, did, did, hey, you, extend? did you extend if, if you had this at the time? And, and they all go, no, we didn't really have the money. We didn't really understand it. And <laughs> so, okay. I, I'm interested in this next topic because I feel like... A lot of people took this the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know about you, Chad. You, you're, you're in a lot of the same groups that I am. But DVC sent out an email to all the DVC owners about the opening of Riviera. And what they basically said was... Um, what do I, I have this written down here? Um, this spring, members can begin booking stays at Disney's Riviera Resort with vacation points, accessing exclusive protective, protected inventory, which is held just for our members. Exact timing will be shared once the official opening date is confirmed. In the interim, Disney's Riviera Resort will begin taking rental reservations from the general public this month. So it's that last sentence that made a lot of people mad. <laughs> is that because people are confused as to why the general public is getting first access to it? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem really quite right. It It is right, though. This is how all the... I mean, and, and Chad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is how it's always done, and they're just being super transparent about it for once. Am I yeah. wrong there? Yeah. No, <laughs> you're dead on the money, okay? You are dead on the money on this one, Tom. Because what it is, is they've come back in and they've built this whole resort. And you can pretty much rest assured construction will be either done or almost done on day one when they open this up. Because nobody wants to stay at a resort that has active construction going. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So what it is, is DVC builds out the whole resort. But they don't put all of those points up for sale at one time. If you go back to DVC News or DVC Info and you start seeing how they declare inventory... When they declare inventory, they're saying, okay, this now comes out of the developer's hand and it goes back over to the pool of rooms and points that are being sold. And at that point in time, this percentage of the property is available for people to book. Right now, we still don't have 100% of Copper Creek available to book because they haven't declared 100% of it. Exactly. That's. I like to think of it as like, think of it this way. There are no DVC members yet that own any piece of the Riviera, which means that the rest of the DVC members that currently own points don't have any rights to it either. <laughs> right? I mean, does that make sense, Chad? Yeah. It's, we, we, we think of it, okay, it's a DVC resort, so we should get to stay there. But the whole, the whole thing that happens, and people don't realize, when well, you don't stay at your home resort, there's a transaction that takes place behind the scenes from that. So it's almost, I want to call it like your home resort paying the other resort or, you know, kind of, right? Would you call it that? Correct me there's if I'm some wrong. Kind of, there's some kind of transaction there. You're right, behind the scenes. I'm not 100% up yeah, on it. Exactly. Because it's like an accounting thing that happens, right? But we don't own, DVC, it doesn't, tech, you know, there's no members that own anything at the Riviera yet. So once members start to own there, then we are, as owners of other resorts, can start trading into that resort. 
That's really what it comes down to. So it, it, like, like you were like you were describing, Chad, it's the same thing with Copper Creek. Uh, you know, it might be harder right now to get a Copper Creek reservation, and that's because not all the points are declared there yet. So we can't we don't have access to the whole inventory there yet. So that's kind of how it works. And I, I get why people would be confused by that and be kind of mad about it. But at the same time, it's we just don't members don't own there yet. So we, we just don't have access to it yet. No, it, it's the points aren't sold. OK, so right now, the person who owns the points is Disney Vacation Development, and they have all of these empty rooms that they just got done building. Of course, they're going to turn around and try to get cash reservations <laughs> for them. Yes. OK, that's they're not collecting dues from anybody to run that resort right now. So they're funding the entire resort operation exactly. with not a dime of dues money. Exactly. So without a dime of dues money, they got to turn around and it, it's a business guys. They've yep. got to turn around and start renting out some rooms. It, that's exactly right. That's a really good way of thinking about it. Honestly, when I first read that and Tom was talking to me about that, I had no idea any understanding of it, but now thinking about it, the fact that, you know, none of that money from any, you know, DVC members is coming in, then obviously, yeah, they do need to make their money somehow. That makes sense. And I, I mean, I get the feeling that this resort's going to sell. I, I Even with the restrictions, I kind of still feel like it's going to sell well. I don't know about what you think, Chad, but I still feel like people are going to buy it just because of proximity to Star Wars land and to Epcot. But I don't, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see how this goes, especially what the price point's going to be. Well... You know, I know direct guides, I know several former direct guides, and it seems about like 70% of the direct sales come from people that weren't anticipating on buying a timeshare on that vacation. So I'm very certain that percentage isn't going to change or it might even go up once we get all of the traffic from Star Wars land. Yep. So if you look at this, 30% of the people were doing their research and figuring out what was going on with direct and resale and all that other kind of fun stuff. So I really don't think Disney's going to feel the weight of this decision that they've made. And I'm not a fan of the decision, but there's not really anything I can do about it. So were you somebody that was interested in Riviera before this? Cause you, you buy a lot of resale, right? You're not a big direct buyer. Well, I'm, I'm Tom. I'm a fan of both. Okay. okay, gotcha. I, I mean, I own Copper Creek Direct. I own some Beach Club Direct. I bought all of my points res resale right up front. And then we said, you know what? We want a blue card. So we looked at it and went, we have some a resale Beach Club contract. And we went and we added on the minimum we could at, at Beach Club just to get the blue card. And the reason why we did it was at the time, it had the smallest gap between resale and direct. So we looked at it and we said, hey, well, whenever we get ready to sell this little tiny small contract, if we ever want to for an exit strategy, we're going to more than likely get our money back. And to this day, I'm willing to bet that the resale market will go up as a result of this raise in rates. And if we ever wanted out of this small beach club contract, we could get back out of it what we paid for it. So we're fans of both gotcha. because I've talked to enough DVC people and I'm fairly convinced if you buy into DVC and you intend to stick around for the whole 50 years, so what? Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, right? It, it, it really if doesn't. If you plan on never selling, then does it matter? No. Right. And I mean, I've got an interview coming out within the next two weeks with an original Old Key West buyer. And we actually had this conversation that we talked about. Well, when you bought into DVC, there was only one DVC resort. 
did did that ever cross your mind that there might be more? And he's like, maybe, but it wouldn't have changed my mind. I bought into this because I liked that resort. I'm like, well, fair enough. I guess you make you make the point for Disney. That's funny. That's I mean, that's it's totally accurate to think of it. And by the way, those that don't know what we're talking about, first of all, listen to our last episode, episode 46. But second of all, um, you know, basically what's going to happen with Riviera once they sell it direct um, if they, you know, if you sell it direct and you buy it direct from them, which you, of course you will only be able to buy it direct at first. Once, if you decide you want to resell it, you know, five, 10 years down the line, um, they have restrictions on the resale. So what's going to happen is if you wanted to resell that contract, the person that bought that contract would only be able to stay at Riviera. That's it. So that's, that's a restriction, you know, that could hurt resale value. But, uh, like Chad said, I mean, if you're planning, if you're planning on staying there for the whole 50 years, it doesn't matter. But it's it's pretty restrictive and it could, you know, really be if, if somebody doesn't do their research, that could really put a dent in. And, and listen, DVC is not an investment. You know, we they uh, you heard Derek and Marissa say it a million times on last week's show. Uh, and, and you know, it's not an investment, but, you know, it, it can be something, you know, you should have an exit of a, an out for if you need to. Right. So uh, and that's the resale market. And in this case, it'll be very restricted with the Riviera. So. Yeah. I mean, life events happen. Okay. Yeah, of course. People, people lose jobs, you know, death, divorce, disability. There's all kinds of reasons why you might not want to keep that contract. And it was really, really, really nice. And it still somewhat is because the resale market hasn't gone away overnight, but it really is nice having some kind of an exit strategy knowing, Hey, if I had to sell my points today, I could get back out of them. What I looked at because, because like when I was talking with Nick, we were talking about ditching my Saratoga contract and picking up a beach club contract. Well, I have used four years of points off of that Saratoga contract, and I bought it at 85. It is completely stripped of all 2019, all 2020 points, and he's going, Chad, I think you should list this at like 94 and maybe take 90 or 92. And I'm going, (laughs) okay, I used four years worth of points off of this contract, Nick, and I'm still getting more out of it than what I paid for it well, okay, by the time I factor your commission in, I'm breaking even. And I'm going, hmm, how is this a bad deal? It's not. No, I mean... It's great. That's a, that's, that is the beauty of DVC and the exit strategy that we all have to us. What this new policy does t- towards it, I don't know. But I mean, look at, the, look at the mounds of people that are out there listing their poly contracts today. They're listing yeah. and they're going for about what they paid for them. And they're five years old. Is that going to happen with Riviera? I don't don't know. I mean, that's the thing. They could always change their mind on this, right? They could just later down the line be like, oh, just kidding. We don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, DVC can change course like that. Can they not? So, I mean, I I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath on it. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But (laughs) because they don't particularly care how well the DVC, the resale market does, because while somebody's trying to resell their contract, they still got to pay dues. You know, the points are still out there. So, yeah, DVC is a business and they're there to make money and they make the most money off of selling the active resort that they just bought. Yep. The fact that the resale market is so strong on here just kind of irks them and it irks every timeshare developer. Right. There's Marriott did this. I've done started to do a little research on it because I was going to do an editorial on it. And the more I thought about it, I just thought, hey, I'm just going to let it go. I'm I'm just going to deal with it at a, at a later time. But Marriott went through the same kind of restrictions. Wyndham went through the same kind of restrictions. 
everybody in the timeshare business is doing this. And what's disappointing to me is Disney was the point leader. Okay. They're the ones who created this whole point based timeshare. And so I'm going, you're the leader here. You had the strongest product. Now, why are you following suit with everybody else? Why don't you keep leading and keep creating an awesome product? And I hope it is. I hope it stays that way. But we have to just wait and see because we don't know. Yeah, what we don't know. What we don't know is this new Riviera Resort could be the next beach club. It could be the next Grand Cal. It could be the next resort that you have to own there if you're going to book there at the 11 month window. And it's going to be that awesome. We don't know. And because we don't know, I don't want to get too negative. I, I want us to keep somewhat positive on this and go, we don't know, but I'm a little concerned. That's kind of my take. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That makes total sense. And I, I do find this whole thing interesting that a lot of people don't, and this is going to sound bad, but I, I really want people to, when they buy their contracts, to, to look to understand how it works. And truthfully, when I bought my contract, I didn't know any of this stuff about declared inventory and all that stuff. So if I read that email, I probably, you know, without knowing this, I'd probably be a little annoyed too. It's like, why are all these cash, you know, people getting to rent before I get to do it? But just remember, we don't, as DVC members, we don't, nobody owns any part of Riviera at this point. And they will, they will soon enough. And DVC has a, uh, has a, an inventory for the DVC members to rent out or to uh, not to rent out, but to use. Um, and so, you know, you'll be able to stay there if you want to. Yeah, it's actually a it's actually a good thing for the owners because they're getting some revenue to start doing maintenance and paying for all the stuff that's going to start breaking right off the so, bat. <laughs> I, you know, I have no issues with DVC making that 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 rental available to cash payers. Yeah, me too. So why don't we? Uh, anything else you guys want to mention about Riviera? I'm I, the more I see about it, the more I'm interested in it, but. I, I am not. Uh, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't buy there. It's it's not really Karen and I style. I'd say. From what we've seen, yeah, probably not. Yeah, it's a little too hoity-toity for us. We're a little bit lo- lower class than that place. But says <laughs> <laughs> so the Bay Lake Karen? owner, right? No, you're, you're not. We, to be fair, the Bay Lake thing was me because I loved the location. Um, so you know, don't don't fault Tom on that one. But <laughs> she talked me into I love it. Love it there. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> uh, at the time, too, it was, you know, there was, it was like 48 years on the contract. It was still fairly new at that point. We've only stayed at Bay Lake once, and that was our very first DVC stay. We stayed there one time, and that was it, because we are on a mission to stay at every DVC resort. So we're doing pretty well so far, I'd say. But now that we own an Animal Kingdom, which is a place that we've stayed many times, we'll continue staying there often. But Yeah, <laughs> that's one of our faves. <laughs> It is. Yeah, that's my wife's favorite as well. She would be happy as a clam if we just said, "Hey, that's where we're going every single trip." Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that because it's I, it's a gorgeous resort, and I don't know of anywhere else. You know, I, I wouldn't say anywhere else in the world because I know there's some places you can go where you know which just has wild animals walking around. But man, there's nothing cooler than walking out on your porch of your room and just seeing a giraffe wandering around. I mean, what is cooler than that? It there just, there is, there isn't anything cooler well, and it's and a gorgeous resort restaurants there too. I mean, come That's on, true. two of our favorite restaurants are right there. Yeah. Some really good restaurants there too. So it, it's a unique experience. I think everybody that's listening needs to come in and do at least one stay at animal kingdom just oh, because sure. it is so cool and so unique. Totally worth it. And truthfully too, I'm not going to guarantee this, but 
I found that Animal Kingdom is one of those resorts that always seems to have some sort of availability somewhere. They're like a Saratoga to me. Like, not as much, obviously, because they're it is smaller. But I've always seemed to... Like, we've gotten last-minute reservations at Animal Kingdom before. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. A lot of people don't want to stay there because it's far from Magic Kingdom. And, you know, it's a little bit of a bus ride to get there. But, in my opinion, worth it. So... All right, well, let's give our, uh, a little shout-out to our friends over at DVC Resale Market. Uh, you know, we they are our friends. They were on our show last week, and uh, they are our sponsor. So uh, DVC Resale Market is the leader in the DVC resale industry with 11 former Disney Vacation Club guides and two former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. If you're thinking of buying DVC, browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions like Derek, like Marissa. They're always around, especially on their social media, on their chat. Uh, they're there to answer your questions. I know they've been working really hard the past couple weeks here. I'm sure they're enjoying a little bit of a slowdown. But uh, if you're thinking of selling, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market, where over 98% of listings sell within 30 days. And over 2,400 contracts were sold in 2017 alone. Uh, and, you know, just in the past two weeks, they've sold 400 contracts. So uh, they are one of the best uh, DVC resale companies out there. I would say the best. Uh, so go to DVCResaleMarket.com or call one 844 pros which is one 382 7767 Let them know that Welcome Home sent you. Derek loves hearing uh, from, from our listeners. He says... He's, he was on the show last week, and if you haven't listened to our last show, um, he said that we have the smartest uh, listeners out there. No offense to you, Chad. I'm sure your listeners are super smart, too. Um, we should probably share a lot of the same listeners, but um, but he you know, was talking about how great our listeners are, and you guys are great. So just let him know that you heard, uh, heard about uh, DVC Resale Market on this show. Again, that's DVCResaleMarket.com or 1-844-DVC-PROS. Yeah, just to add to that, I have bought like six contracts through them and sold one that I flipped, and and they are phenomenal. They They're will the do you right. They will. They will absolutely. And we, you know, we just bought our contract from them. I know Trevor's buying their contract from them. I know a ton of listeners because we hear from you guys all the time that you bought from them or you're going to buy from them. Um, and you know, I've yet to hear one negative thing from anybody. They are just super helpful over there. Uh, there's a reason why they are the best. So. Uh, so yeah, so thanks again to them for them to uh, for them sponsoring the show. We we appreciate it. So uh, I don't know, it, you guys probably. I know Karen doesn't really listen to the show, <laughs> but that's what? okay because she hears me talk about this stuff all I the mean, time. I mean, so. I have listened a little bit. Don't hate on me for that, but you know, to be fair, I do hear a lot of the information on a daily basis. Ouch. Uh, Chad, she I made her listen to it on a road trip one time, and her her response was that Damon's funny. And that Trevor has a has a really great voice, and and then nothing about me. And then I heard her laughing at those two, and laughing at nothing that I said. And I was I was very I was very hurt by it. <laughs> well, she does know your jokes, and yeah. in Karen's defense, my wife is on probably halfway through my my fourteen episodes that I have out, <laughs> so she's catching up. She's catching up. Oh, Thank fair. you. Thank you, Chad. That's... I appreciate that. <laughs> well, a couple episodes ago, we were we started a new segment we like to call Reckless Speculation. And uh, we started that one. And based on just this mystery structure that was being built by Star Tours, um, and it was just a structure at that point. But now we know what the structure is. And funny enough, we were all wrong. We thought it was a food station or a character greeting or... We had a whole bunch of different things that we thought it was. The one thing we didn't think it was going to be was a DVC kiosk location. <laughs> and that's actually what it is. 
Um, I don't. Have you, guys, have you guys looked at the picture of this? What this looks like? Yeah, it, I did. Uh, it looked sharp. Yeah, it looked really nice. But then again, you see in the background all the Star Wars stuff, and I'm like, mm, does that really fit in? <laughs> it does with the new Grand Avenue that's there. But you're right when you when you're looking at it because it is right next to there to Star Tours and Tatooine Traders. It's it it is a little bit of a weird contrast, but it's a and it's supposed to be fit into that theme of of uh, Grand Avenue, which is uh, like a California kind of thing going on there. But it's what's interesting to me is I thought it was an interesting location for this, but then I thought about it, and all Grand Avenue really is is basically a, a queue line for Star Wars Land, right? <laughs> so this is kind of a, it, in a way, ouch, it's kind of a ouch. It is. I mean, right? There's nothing there. I mean, there's the the uh, what's that the place tap called? house? The tap house, yeah. But outside of that, it's just a big road that leads into Star Wars Land, and I, I think it's a smart idea to put it there because uh, you know you're, they're going to get a ton of traffic coming through there. Yeah, great location for them coming right into Star Wars land. But it, you know, since we're on reckless speculation, if they're, <laughs> this is, it goes along this concept. If they're going to pull out the Temple of the Jedi and the Jedi training, which they already have in Disneyland, and, and they told me in Disneyland that they're going to pull it out in Orlando as well, because it's not in Star Wars land and it wouldn't fit. Well, what about Star Tours? Okay, how are they going to fit those back into the storyline and all that kind of fun stuff? I've always wondered that. I, You know, I've always said, and I, I thought that they should do this, and I, I know you listen to the show, chat, so you've probably heard this before, but I've always thought it would be so cool if the way that you got to Star, Star Wars Land was that you, you either had to go on Star Tours or you, you know, there was another way to get through where you didn't have to go on that if you didn't want to. But how cool would it be if you went on Star Tours and, you know, the ending of Star Tours is you landing in this land, which, you know, they've, they've had that. And then you get out and you go directly into the land like you just flew there. A la, you know, the, the train thing that's at, uh, at Universal for Harry Potter. Like, how cool would that be? But oh, that would be off the hook cool. Right? I mean, it would be amazing. But why did they do I mean, I get why they didn't do it because it's just the proximity. But I'm sure they could have made it happen. They probably could have. I mean, that would have been really awesome just giving you that full experience and just kind of immersed you in that. I mean, I know, you know, this is a Disney podcast, but I've always obviously wanted to go to Universal and experience that Harry Potter. So, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that. That would have been really cool. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's it's a similar way. Like, they really do... A, I mean, not that I've been on it, but I've seen... Um, you know, it really seems like they do a good job of setting that scene and, you know, where you're going from one place to another and then you're there and then you walk out and that's where you are. I mean, that would be so cool if they could do that for Star Tours. Uh, but I, I get why, but I feel like they could easily route that exit into somewhere, into Star, Tours, Star, Star Wars land if they wanted to. Yeah, it would have to be some kind of a bridge or something because there's there's a bit of a gap there. You you've got that whole Muppet Courts back in there in Grand Avenue. There there's some distance you'd have to cover, but to your point, it could be done and it would be really 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 cool. It would be. You just have to figure out what to do with the people that won't go on the ride, right? Because there's there's a lot of people that won't go on that ride. Yeah, but you could still have them go through it. They might have to do a little bit of a different type of setup within the actual building itself and maybe even add on to it a little bit. But you could absolutely still have them immersed in that just even to walk through it. Yeah, I I mean, you're not wrong. There's something they could figure out there for sure. I'm just disappointed if they're not doing that, which it doesn't seem like they are. It does feel like Star Tours is very out out of place there. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how the story is going to mold and they're going to explain that one. 
because right? I'm I'm like really bummed that Jedi training is going away, and I have a little guy who's just dying to get down there. Yeah, that's it's sad they're getting rid of that. I th- thought they would replace it with something when Star Wars lands. One Star Wars. I know we're not calling it by its official name, but it's like Hollywood Studios where people still call it MGM. I'm never calling it Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge because Star Wars Land just sounds easier. Um, but I, I was hoping that they would put that back somewhere because they could they could work that into the story. They could have like a Jedi training school in you know in the land. Um, I I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they maybe that's something that's happening. Just not a lot of people know about it yet. Who knows? Let's be but, honest. It's Disney. They'll figure out a way to make some of this happen. Yeah, if they can find that it's profitable and guests really like it and all that kind of fun stuff. But I know what they told me at Disneyland was it was supposed to be like a six month contract to come <laughs> in here and do the the Jedi training for six months. And it was so insanely popular, they just kept extending it and extending it, and finally they just made it permanent. So Interesting. Do you think that uh, um, Launch Bay closes once Star Wars, lands, uh, Star Wars Land opens? Because I don't think it stays open. I think they're going to have a really hard time having a story with Darth and all of those villains hanging out there that close to Galaxy's Edge. How are they going to explain the story? Everything with Disney <laughs> is a story, so... That's what I don't. That's why I think they're going to close it. I just feel like it doesn't make sense to have it there anymore once the land opens. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. But I, I mean, I could be wrong. And and I mean, even even all the stuff they do now, where they have the stormtroopers march down the down the street, like why why would they continue doing that? It, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. There's a whole land for that, right? Well, the start the the stormtroopers could be they're coming outside of that land or that village and they're stationed there. Stormtroopers are a little bit more generic, but that's true. Who knows? I mean, who knows how how far they're going to take that doesn't fit with the land story theme. That's who true. knows. Karen, were you going to say something? I'm just wondering if you know maybe they'll now that you know Toy Story Land and everything is over on that side. You know, maybe they'll be able to put a little bit more Pixar Land or Toy Story Land over there. Because um, I agree, I don't I don't really think that it would fit in having those characters over there. I think that they would have to move them into the land. But I do agree, Chad, I think the Stormtroopers are a little bit more generic, that they could still make that work and almost have people want to come into the land from seeing them. You mean like kind of be like a parade of the, they're like marching you into the land? Exactly. I don't think they're going to... I don't disagree with you, but I also don't think they're going to have any trouble trying to get people to go to the land. No, that's very true. Um, that is a but you bring up a really story. good point here, Karen. I mean, how are you going to transition from Toy Story Land into Galaxy's Edge exactly. or Star that's Wars Land? That's a huge difference. That's a huge difference from, You're going from Andy's, Andy's backyard. backyard. <laughs> exactly. They need to be able to find something to be able to, to transition that. So what if they did use those stormtroopers to be able to kind of ease you into that land? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I like that our conversation started with a random DVC building that they put into Grand Avenue, and now we're talking about Star Wars land and, and what that's going to look like. Which, so. let's point out the fact that that random DVC building is absolutely going to get a ton of people over there. Because oh my if gosh. you think about it, Tom, when we looked at DVC for the first time, we were in Magic Kingdom. I remember exactly where we were. Tomorrowland. Yep, exactly. And we were just walking by, and we're like, oh, you know, let's just check this out. Next thing we know, we're taking a tour. Next thing you know, a few months later, we're buying. So right, I absolutely think it's smart that they put that there 
Oh, no, listen, they're going to get a ton of people that are not only just they're going to be standing around waiting for Star Wars. You know, they're just going to be standing there like, you know, waiting to get in because it's, you know, there's going to be a queue there. And they'll just be like, oh, I'll talk to this person. Oh, wait, you're offering, you know, ice cream sundaes and some free fast passes and maybe a gift card. Okay, well, yeah, we'll we'll take a tour. Why not? You know, I mean, it was worth it just for that. Let's be honest. I mean, the only reason I did the tour was for the free sundaes. We've had this discussion before. It was all about the sundaes. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> Not even holding out for the fast passes, just the ice cream. Uh, huh, I, Tom? I'm pretty sure I was the fast pass person. You were definitely the ice cream, like you said. Well, they also, I think, gave us a $200 gift card, too. It was like it's a lot they of money. They gave us for a gift ton, card. and we didn't yeah. even spend all that much time over there. And, no. you know, I, I remember, though, you were pretty much telling me we're not buying now, we're not buying now. We got oh, yeah. very close to it, though. I, t- I tell that story on I told that story on Chad's podcast. So if you want to listen to that, you can listen to that episode. But we I told Karen before we got in that we are we I'll take the tour but we're not buying today no matter what we agreed upon it we ta- discussed it many times and then after they gave the presentation and walked out of the room Karen turns to me and goes we should buy and I'm like no we said we weren't gonna I mean come on it it was a really good <laughs> yeah. deal and they did a great job presenting they did you're right <laughs> so. and what were they selling at the time Karen Bay Lake yeah it was Bay Lake cuz no, no, that no. is wasn't they were selling Grand Floridian. Remember they tried to get us Grand Floridian? Oh, yeah, it was Grand Floridian. And then I was like, yep. no, you know what? I really would love Bay Lake. Yeah, they were trying to get us to buy Grand, Grand Floridian. And we we were like, I, I said, I, was, I said, I know you're saying that dues aren't going to go up more for there. You know, and I, but I, my thought was it's Grand Floridian. I feel like it's going to be much more expensive there than anywhere else. And we just didn't envision ourselves, ourselves staying there. So we just didn't want to buy there. But that's what they were selling at the time. So. I, mean, well, at I think that was point, very wise. Yeah, it was very wise. I can't tell you how many Grand Flow owners I talk to that just wait for the seven-month window so they can transfer out and extend their vacation by another two or three days because Grand Flow is so point expensive. Yep. That's exactly why we didn't want to buy there. That's 100%. So anyway, so no, I, I think this is a cool location, and I think it looks really nice. It's just got a classy look to it. And it's called, I don't know, did you see it was called the, um, what was it called? Oh, my gosh. Is the Disney's little Tokyo. Riviera? Well, it was L- L- Little, little Tokyo, Tokyo Travel Company. Yeah. Yeah, which is oh. a cute name. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. I, I really like it. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good spot for them. So. Yeah, I hope they do well. I mean, I want everybody to do well, and I want all of their buyers to make an educated and informed decision. That's kind of why we podcast. Exactly. We we that's a lot of what we do here is we're trying to educate people and trying to help you, and you know that's why. When you guys send us questions, we try to get them answered and we try to get them correctly answered. And And somebody said to me, somebody posted on our Facebook page the other day, I love that you guys always try to get the right answer, which is good because we don't always know the right answer. You know, I, I mean, we don't profess to be experts here. We're like you. We, we own DVC and we know as much as we can, but, you know, we don't know everything. So we try to get answered. I, I learn stuff on like every episode of the show. So <laughs> we learn something new about DVC. So. Heck, I'm learning a lot tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my take is, is I'm an expert on my own opinion, and that's about it. And yep. my own opinion may or may not be worth much. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, this is not DVC specific. We're kind of into the Disney part of the podcast. And and there's not a ton of Disney news going on right now because it's you know, we're, we're past the holidays. We're in like a little bit of a, a lull at the moment. But um, one of the things that just came out recently was that uh, Disney has a new credit card policy going into effect on the on the Disney hotels, and and so uh, beginning on February twenty seventh, uh, the uh, Walt Disney Resort, uh, Walt Disney World Resort hotels 
will have a new payment policy for guests who put down a uh, credit card. And basically, this is just them aligning with the hotel industry. So if you if you hear this, this is what the hotel industry actually does. And Disney was doing things a little different. But I, I think this is not a bad thing. So what they're going to do, uh, Disney Resorts will place an incremental authorization holds on the payment card for estimated incidental expenses. So basically under the new policy, when you arrive, they're going to place a $100 hold on your card for any balance due. Uh, for any balance due plus $100 uh, to cover any estimated expenses. So I said that wrong. So any balance due plus $100 hold just to cover anything else that comes onto it. So once your spending exceeds the $100, because it will, because it's, you know, like a dinner, um, additional incremental holds will be obtained automatically. And so the idea behind this, and I I think this is good, uh, you know, a lot of people I'm sure get their charges rejected as fraud at the end of their trip, especially if you spend a lot of money like we tend to do. (laughs) Um, But I I think this is an interesting change. I I don't know what you guys think of it, but um, you know, before it was just kind of, I I believe they just charged as as they went along. Oh no, I'm saying they charged at the end, um, you know, that whole amount. And I think this is a, not necessarily a bad change, especially for those that have gotten fraud, uh, alerts on their card before. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with doing that. I think that that is smart. And like you said, I mean, let's be honest. With magic bands, you can easily spend that amount <laughs> plus some, just because it's so easy at this point. But you know, between food, between purchases everywhere else uh, within the parks, um, I do think that's smart. Um, and that way, you don't have to deal with the mess of the credit card company afterwards. Oh, I think it's very wise for Disney because, you know, to both of your points, if I go and check into a Marriott, they're putting this huge deposit hold reservation on there. But let's face it, I'm not hanging out at Marriott open to close. I'm (laughs) staying at that Marriott and I'm going someplace else. When you go to Disney, you're not only paying Disney prices, but you're generally not leaving Disney property. You're eating in their restaurants, you're shopping at their merchandise, you're doing their entertainment, and a lot of people put it all on the Magic Bands. It's just so, so easy to do that. I mean, to, why wouldn't to you? To me, they need to like triple what the industry does because <laughs> exactly. their prices are triple and you're you're spending all of your time on their stuff. So I, I don't have a problem with them doing it. Now, me personally, I don't do anything to the Magic Band. I just put it all on gift cards. Pay for it as I go on gift cards and be done with it. So to me, I'm going to go with Damon on this one. I don't care. Doesn't impact me. <laughs> oh, so Damon's on here, but you're doing a you're Damon's here in spirit with uh, with you doing a Damon thing. <laughs> Absolutely, somebody's got to carry the torch for Damon. Okay, well, somebody does. I, you need to be a little bit more grumpy though. That's. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll work on that. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care about this. I, I'm not even going to read it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I like, you know, Karen and I have a rule on when we're at Disney and that's if you, if you really want it, then buy it because it's our feeling that you're on vacation and you should enjoy yourself. So if there's something you really want, you want to buy those Mickey ears, buy them. Right. Not that we're like spending like crazy, but you know, exactly. And honestly, we really don't spend that much. I mean, we, the majority of our money is spent on food. Let's be honest, because there's so many different places that have delicious food at Disney. And this is really our big vacation too. And I think that a lot of listeners, I bet even DVC people that this is probably a big vacation for them, whether it's yearly or what have you, that, you know what, it's, it, it, it makes total sense for, you know, Disney to, be able to put that on um, on your credit card and hold that because you're going to spend that money regardless. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I also wonder too how many people were, when they charged that big amount at the end, how many people were getting like declined because they went over their limit. <laughs> so 
that is the other risk that's involved there, Tom. It is. I mean, yeah. there's that's a reality for a lot of folks. They just 100%. don't have the the credit limit to to do that. They're carrying balances and and when they do that, Disney's kind of stuck because yep. they've already consumed their meals. You can't return the food. They don't want the Mickey ears back. <laughs> okay. What do you do at that point in time? Exactly. I think that's part of it too, though. I think that's part of why they changed this is, you know, for that kind of situation. So, um, you know, I, 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 we're the kind of the opposite of you, Chad. Like I don't even bring a, I don't even bring a wallet into the parks with me. We, everything goes magic band. If I could live my life with a magic band, I would, because I, I just love the convenience. And there's something really satisfying too, about buying something and just tapping that band and seeing the light turn green. And you're like, Oh, like it just feels good. You I don't know why. You watch just, now, Tom. That's what, that's, that's what you're yeah, using that true. for. <laughs> I use I use a smartwatch sometimes as my real real life magic band. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting you say that because my wife is getting me one of the magic puck keepers. Oh yeah, and I'm actually going to try something out where when she gets back, I'll put it all together and and post it up onto the welcome homepage as well. But I'm going to try to go like corporate where I have the little badge holder and my magic band keeper on like a retractable keychain or <laughs> like like a badge holder. Yeah, yeah. Because I I would go wallet free. And just use my gift card, but I, I have to have my gift card. I have to have my blue DVC card and my AP card to get my discounts and my tables and Wonderland card. So there's three cards that I have to have with me at all times when I'm at Disney. So I'm going to try to put them in the, to that little pouch holder and go wallet free with my magic band on the little keychain puck. I'll, and I'll tell you when we go, I, I take a picture of my driver's license and I do the digital DVC card. And I just show those two things. And I've had a problem one time. One time. Karen can actually probably attest to this. This guy was giving me a problem. And then a manager walked over and was like, just give him the discount. He obviously is a member. Like she's- I'm pretty sure I remember exactly where we were, too. I think we were in Frontierland. We were in the pin trader. Yeah, we were in the pin trader. Play. Yeah, yeah, all that's I wanted we was some silly pins. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> every other place, they, they have absolutely had no issues with that. So that's definitely something, Chad, that you can try, too. Although, you know, your tables of Wonderland thing, you, you definitely still need. But I, I think you're going to feel very freeing when you don't have your wallet with you yeah <laughs> i agree i feel i feel free but yeah we'll give it a shot but i mean of course my wallet is like a quarter inch thick to begin with because that's about the cards i would normally carry with me on a daily basis <laughs> so it's it's not much different that makes sense anything else you guys want to talk about with this all right well i'm pretty psyched about this rumor i can't wait to talk about this and actually, I've noticed that the Disney sites have not picked this one up, but I've seen it in a couple other places. So um, here's our, our rumor segment that we usually do. Uh, if you're a new listener to the podcast, we always end our podcast with rumors. Uh, you know, sometimes they end up being true. Sometimes they don't. And we uh, really like to uh, talk about these things because we find them interesting. And it's sometimes fun if we're right. And if you listen to one of our very first episodes, uh, we talked about the rumor of the gondola where... Damon and I said, that's dumb. That's not happening. And Trevor was like, I think it is. And then it did. So, but for this, this and is a star. you guys were so wrong. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were really wrong. In fact, we were quickly wrong after that. Like a week later, <laughs> they announced it. So, <laughs> so I think this sounds really very cool. If this is, if this is true, I am so, so psyched for this. So uh, this is according to comicbook.com, a couple different other sites I saw this too. The rumor is that Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which is the dark ride that's going to be in uh, Star Wars land, you know, Star Wars Galaxy Edge, whatever, um, is rumored to be 28 minutes long. 
The the duration of the actual ride portion of the Rise of the Resistance is reported to be four and a half minutes in length. So the actual ride itself is only four and a half minutes. But in those other 24 minutes, uh, it's the allotted time that will take guests to fully experience the immersive attraction from entrance to exit. So according, this is according to Theme Park Stop, I guess another podcast. I, I actually hadn't heard of them, Chad. I don't know if you had, but um, they're not one I've heard of. But the the near half hour experience. Not on my list. Yeah, I haven't heard them. I, I It's interesting that they popped up in this. But if this is true, and this sounds like it could be true, it sounds cool. So... Um, Basically, the sh- the shuttle uh, there's a shuttle that uh, there's a carrier shuttle that takes you into the ride. The shuttle escorts riders into the stars above the Black Spire outpost and tucked away on the planet Batu in the outer rim territories where Galaxy Edge is set. And it's space where guests uh, have their thrilling encounter with the villainous First Order. So, um, basically, as prisoners of the First Order, it's Legion of Stormtroopers. The unwanted tourists will then make a dashing escape for their freedom on board a colossal Star Destroyer before riders receive a much-needed assist from the heroic Resistance. Rise of the Resistance features five reported five uh, five five ride systems are being reported for, with this. 18 show areas and many special effects, including laser beams fired by life-size uh, AT-AT walkers and, um, or AT-AT walkers. I, you know what? I don't care anymore what the right way to do it is because we get criticized every time for this, but whatever it is. Uh, and th- 305, 305 state-of-the-art animatronic figures and droids and upwards of 100 of those figures are going to be stormtroopers. Um, after exiting the carrier shuttle that carried you into space, guests will unknowingly re-enter a repeat door and find themselves inside an intimidating and massive Star Destroyer hangar, which we've seen renderings of, by the way. Uh, and basically, they're going to achieve that trick through taking a giant turntable that slowly rotates the pre-show area. Um, think like uh, think um, the old uh, Universal Energy, where they you know rotate the whole ride vehicle. Um, so the idea is you're walking out the same door you came in, but when you walk out, you're in space now. Uh, I, this sounds so cool to me. Five different ride systems. The the Imagineering geek in me this like makes me so excited. <laughs> you know, 305 animatronics. My gosh, 18 show areas. That's incredible. I mean, does the, what do you guys think of this? I, I'm psyched about it. I think it sounds incredible. Um, the only thing I would say is definitely use the bathroom before going on it because that is a long Shh. time um, that, <laughs> that you'll be in there. But it does sound really incredible and just really going along with the whole idea of the land and immersing you and everything. It sounds really cool. I, I really thought you were just going to tell the story of when I got on Universal Energy, <laughs> which is a 45 minute ride. And immediately had to go to the bathroom badly. <laughs> like the second it took off, I was like, oh no, I need to go. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to embarrass you doing that, but you kind of did that to I yourself. I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I'll but be yes, honest with the listeners. That's what I was alluding yes. to. Thank that's you. what I was yeah. alluding to. So Make you're doing sure you an inside joke that only you and I get. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing, Tom. I mean, yeah. we're all, I'm just it's sitting fine. here grinning ear to ear going, you two have fun, right? Go ahead. I mean, it was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It was I hysterical. Mean, I, because they even told you at the beginning of that ride, they were like, this is a 45 minute experience. If you're not, you know, ready for 45 minutes, then, you know, get off. But I was now, like, no, did we're they good. have a bathroom in, in queue or in the ride or oh, no. no, Oh no. Cause you I mean, there's all kinds leave. of complaints now about flight of passage with that oh, line. You and, wait and so no bathrooms. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, literally with universe of energy, you go in there and they have that pre-show with the, you know, Ellen's video and everything. And that in itself is probably good. Like, I don't know, 10 minutes. And then you get on the ride video vehicle and you're on that the entire time so tom had absolutely no opportunity to get off of that ride even if he wanted to thought about jumping off you know going <laughs> running through the dinosaurs and finding an exit door 
but I, I thought I might be banned from Disney for life, though, if I did that. So, yeah, we don't or at least that. a tree or something, you know, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. It was bad. It was not a good. It was. It was bad. So anyway, that ride's closed, and so. <laughs> Anyway, let's hope we don't have a repeat of that once this one opens. Yeah, but okay. you know, this one yeah. does really honestly sound incredible. I just I love the fact that you're going to be in so many different types of areas, but not even realize probably that you're even moving. Like you said, you're going in the same door that you're going to go out in and then all of a sudden you're in space. That just sounds amazing. I to to me mind blown. I'll take it right. The fact that the actual ride itself is four minutes—that's normal. But it looks <laughs> like they're coming back in and saying, "Hey, look, we know people are going to be waiting hours and hours and hours on end for this. Hopefully, they do put a bathroom someplace in the queue line or right before they go into this." But I'm all game. I'm game in, man. I, I can't wait. I I can't wait for this either. If this is how it's going to be, I mean, the idea of a hundred animatronic stormtroopers is pretty darn cool. <laughs> The one thing I will say is it would be really cool if they could put some variation into this so that every time you go through and this this isn't the exact same 28 minutes so that there was something a little bit different would be incredibly cool. You know, like Star Tours where it's different every time that you go on it, it's mixed up a little bit. It could be. I mean, they could have that in there. Yeah. To me, that would just make this even that much more enjoyable to go. Which scenes am I getting today? But I'm game in, man. I cannot wait for this. I think it's just going to add to the immersion of this. And hopefully, again, the queues and everything else. Because you have to look at this and go, look at the queue for Flight of Passage. I've only been through it once, and that was a Moonlight Magic event. But that queue is absolutely incredible. Every time else I've done it, I fast pass it, and you skip the queue. But I'm seeing it happening here, I hope. Well, and this isn't even just the queue. We're just talking. This is like... It's pre-show, yeah, but it seems like it's an exciting pre-show. Like, there's things happening, you know? Like, the Avatar, you know, Flight of Passage has, like, pre-show stuff where you're, you know, standing in that room and they're matching you and all that stuff. But you're really just standing there. It sounds like this is, like, five different rides in one, basically, you know? It could be. I mean, I I dig the pre-show over at Flight of Passage because it's interactive. Oh, yeah. It follows the storyline. It has you moving. It has you following the screen. Okay, if they are building this kind of immersion into the pre-queue and the pre-show, hats off, Disney. Hats off. Well, and I, I know you, Chad, you've, you've looked at a lot of Disney. Like, I have never seen show buildings like that before. Those show buildings for this ride are the biggest things I've ever seen. They're gigantic. I mean, they're insane. Yeah, so. I've seen them. I've seen them at Disneyland from the, the Mickey and Friends parking deck. And you can see the backside of Star Wars land there. And I've been fortunate that I've been able to go every couple of months for business reasons or what have you. So I've got to see the land kind of grow and develop there. I we're in for something incredible. I cannot wait. I'm a little, I mean, I don't know if I really want to go too early. Like I, I cause we were talking about this, not that it's going to be open when we go in October cause it probably won't be, but I don't know if I want to go right when it opens. I, I think I want to wait a little while. Although I mean, Avatar's still really busy, and it's been a couple years now, and Star Wars is a way bigger, uh, you know, fandom than than Avatar is. It's going to be crazy for many, many years. Yeah, it's going to be insane. years to come. Yeah, I I, I mean, it is going to be insane. I'm interested to see how they handle the interactivity interactivity with um, all those crowds, because it's how can you make it like a personalized adventure when you're you're shoulder to shoulder with other people like when you can't walk through the land which i'm sure it's not going to be that 
bad because they're going to crowd control it a little bit. But um, I, I just feel like it's going to be really hard for them to, to to pull it off. But if anybody can do it, it's Disney, right? So, Well, remember when we went um, the one time with my parents and we went to see Chewbacca in that one area and there was that one character. I, I don't even know what that thing was, but it was interacting with us. I guarantee that's what Disney's going to do to make it so much more interactive for each individual person is have either those, you know, the robots or, you know, the different characters be able to, you know, hang out with you and, you know, make it so that you don't even realize how busy it is. Karen, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you say the wrong Star Wars terms for things, you're going to get some hate mail. So. Yeah, that's why I didn't try and you uh, say droids. Say it. I you said Chewbacca droids. correctly, so we're good. You did. I mean, it's how would you say Chewbacca incorrectly? Yeah, well, that's true. But no, that is why I didn't even try and name whatever character we saw. <laughs> I do have to say the Chewbacca meet and greet is one of the best ones out there. I, I was very impressed by that. Oh, that one, was but incredible. That's, that's here. Yeah, meeting Chewie is really cool. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So, although, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe they do leave maybe they do leave that area open because it, everyone's still going to want to meet Chewbacca, right? I mean, and you're not going to have just like a traditional character meet and greet in Star Wars land. That wouldn't make any sense with the land, right? It's it, it, That just wouldn't make sense. So maybe you do still have an area where you can meet Chewbacca and, you know, Darth Vader or, or um, what's his name? Kylo Ren, right? I, I, I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm thinking and Ray. Else. Let's not forget Ray. Because oh, that's right. They do Ray too. I mean, yeah. come on, Ray is cannot incredibly popular. Ray. She's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, the little girls just love Ray. I oh, love sure. Ray. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody I mean, loves gonna Ray. going to dress up like Ray at some point. Let's be honest. <laughs> Ch- Chad, did you know that our, our daughter's initials are the same as Animal Kingdom Villas? <laughs> I saw that post a little bit back in, in, you know, the fact that that wasn't intentional. But it just kind of is a neat bonus. That was absolutely not intentional. It was, one I swear day, it was. We were in the car and we said her name. And we were like, oh my goodness, that is the exact same initials as Animal Kingdom Villas. How perfect. <laughs> uh, really funny. So, anyway, but I'm, I'm, so, I'm so stoked about this whole land. Um, not to use a term from the 90s, but. I'm I'm very excited about it. I, I just think this is going to be so cool. And I, you know, like I said, the ride geek in me is like five different ride systems. What? Like, I just can't wait to check all that out. And every little bit that comes out about this, it just makes me more excited about it. And, you know, before long, we're going to have ride throughs and everything. I mean, it's we're not far away from this land being open in Disneyland. We're pretty close at this point. You know, we're June, talking, we have like six months. Yeah. I mean, not even. Not even. It's uh, you know. Are you going to make a trip to Disneyland, Chad, to check it out, or because I know you're, I know you go, you go to Disneyland sometimes. So I'm planning on doing D23 this year, which nice. my bet and the people I know all have their chips are on D23. This will be open come heck or high water. I think that's their drop dead date for mm, how, okay. how how far they can kick this back. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you're you're going to try to check it out. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to pull every string, every connection, <laughs> every everything that I know in an all-out plea. But, of course, everybody's going to be doing that. So who oh, knows gosh. how it will work out. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, cool. Well, do you guys want to talk about anything else before we, uh, before we wrap this thing up? I think we've, uh, we've talked about a lot of things today and had some interesting conversations. So I appreciate both you guys being on. But uh, anything else we want to mention? I was just excited to, to finally be on with you guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, it was. A, it's really exciting to get to hang out with Tom and Karen. <laughs> we are an exciting couple to hang out with. That's what people say. So, so. exciting. <laughs> well, I appreciate both of you being on. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, wrap us up here if nobody else has anything else to say. Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you all for listening today. Um, you know, we love to hear from you. So please reach out to us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. We get lovely questions from you guys all the time. Um, Chad, do you want to, do you want to plug your podcast really quick before I go through all these actually? Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you guys could go ahead and over to mydvcpoints.com, you can find my latest shows. I have a DVC podcast with a little bit different perspective. I don't normally talk about what Disney's doing next because quite honestly, I just know it's going to be awesome. But what I think is interesting is how does your family do Disney and how do other families do Disney? What's your favorite resort? Why do you like this resort over that one? What's been your favorite Disney memories? I love talking with people and getting pictures of their kids growing up Disney because the theory is, is trip reports are incredibly popular on most Disney podcasts. And when I looked at this and I said, Hey, we have, a 50-year contract. So what if I did a membership report style show? And that's what I do. I talk with people about why did you do, why did you buy into Disney? What do you do now? What's on your DVC bucket list? And it's all member interviews and member discussions. And if you'd go check it out, I'd love to have you listen to it. If you want to contact me and share your Disney story or participate in some of the discussions, that's what my show is all about. In engaging you, the community, and telling your story. Yeah, and definitely check it out, you know, and, uh, you know, I think his best episode that he's done, actually two best episodes are the ones that I was on. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that would be mydvcpoints.com slash 008 for Tom's interview and slash 010 for a armchair engineering show. Yep. Yeah. Check out both of those. I think they were, you know, both pretty good. So if I do say so myself, uh, but yeah, please check out Chad's, uh, podcast. You know, one of the things we always ask you to do on the show is support the people that support us. And Chad's been a supporter for, I mean, he was one of the first people that emailed us. So, so Chad's been around for a long time. So we, we would appreciate if you check out his show too, if you are, you know, you like DVC and you like to hear those stories. So, um, so again, uh, you know, please, uh, email us at welcome home podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. We love questions. Um, you know, if those of you that have listened to the show for a while, if you ask us a question, we will answer it. It's not just, uh, you know, an empty thing. Um, I'm not going to mention our website cause it needs to be updated. So, but if you really, well, I guess if you really feel like going on it, welcome home Um, of course, you know, like I said, ask any questions you like, uh, about DVC, about Disney, you know, or just tell us something, you know, give us a tip, tell us something we don't know. We, we love to hear those things too. Uh, you can check us out on social media. Facebook is the best place to go. Uh, Welcome Home Podcast is, is our page. So please go like us, you know, engage with the community there, uh, post some things on our page. We like to hear from you on our Twitter and Instagram, Welcome Home Pod and Welcome Home Picks. Um, you can check us out on both of those. Trevor is currently at Disney World and hopefully we'll be posting some things to Instagram. So uh, definitely check out, check that out so you can see some of those pictures there. If you do use iTunes or one of the other services, uh, you know, that where you can write a review for the show, please do so. We love to see reviews and we also you know if you're going to write a review about how much you hate us please tell us why you hate us so we can get better um you know we don't just you know write we don't like you or you know or tell us why you like us too we we, we want to hear that we want to get better we want to be good so please please review us that helps us get us out to more people 
Um, don't don't forget, of course, to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us. Just search for Welcome Home. Of course, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on the show are our own. So please consult your DVC representative, a Disney cast member, for more information about anything you heard today. Uh, big thank you to DVC Resale Market for sponsoring this episode thank you to chad for coming on today thank you for my wife uh, coming on to this episode today i really appreciate her being here too um and uh, join us next time for more disney parks discussion of course more dvc talk we hope to see you all real soon this is skipper albert awal the voice of the jungle signing off from welcome home podcast on the dvc when we hit a chair how she can cut is no man's affair I looked around from pole to pole Found her in a sugar bowl Greedy, look out, here comes